Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors Magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And brought to you by Fish Bites, ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. And brought to you by boaterslist.com. Boaters List is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. If you own or run a boat, you know how difficult it can be to find the right company for the task at hand. Boaters List makes it easy to find the service you're looking for. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts or even paddle boats and all things in between at BoatersList.com. They will always strive to make it better on the water. What's up, guys? I am your host, Brian Sand. Hey, thank you for joining us today. What a gorgeous, gorgeous day we have in the state of Alabama. Of course, the wind's blowing, but at least it's not as bad as it's been being. Uh, at least not where I'm at. So I hope you guys are getting out this weekend, doing a little fishing, maybe a little hiking, turkey hunting, whatever you do, but get outside, enjoy this beautiful weather, this beautiful time of year. And most importantly, have a great Easter, everybody. I I, I wish you you safe travels and hope you're getting together with some family and doing some fun things and and celebrating uh, Easter and what all it's about. Hey, look, Guys, I'm just going to be honest with y'all. We did a recording yesterday with three different fishermen across the state, and I'm going to have to apologize to them. This is not my fault. Zoom screwed up, and our show did not convert. We can't retrieve it, so we're going to have to – thank goodness we got a guy, Johnny. Hey, Johnny, hats off to you. Uh, he does an incredible job. He's our editor sound guy he does so much for us so we appreciate him and and johnny is putting together a special show for you guys that uh we can go ahead and air but technical difficulties my apologies we had a great show we're gonna have to redo it next week but we'll be back to you guys next week with a live update so y'all can know what is happening with the fish around the state of alabama stay safe out there guys enjoy your weekend and Here's whatever Johnny's putting together for us. I know it'll be good, and y'all enjoy it. Like we said, this is going to be an exciting show, and and I've been looking forward to getting these guys on. They have become very close friends of mine and my family. So without further ado, for our first segment today, let's bring on the Barons. Jeff and Hannah Barron, welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, guys. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, we are glad to have you, man. Well, like I said, we've we've I've got to know you guys really good. Y'all got me and my family started noodling, and and that's what I was telling Stephen a while ago. We have my kids. Uh, you know, they like to deer hunt, and they like to turkey hunt, but they look forward to noodling season every year. Big part of that because they 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 want to go back with y'all. So 
you know, they y'all y'all do better. They they get more excited about going fishing with y'all than they do with Daddy for some reason. Oh, cool. Oh yeah. Well, they get a little bit more to look at when Hannah comes. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to say all that. Yeah, well, I did. <laughs> well, you know how them teenage boys are. You might be right. I know it. Yeah, I know it. I know it. Well, it's better looking at me and you. You know what I'm saying? Well, and I think and I think little Kendall likes it because Hannah lets her ride on the back. And, uh, and I know it. Yeah, little court. Yeah, my little court. Yeah. With her little court. life jacket on. Well, guys, man, tell me, I, I mean – Y'all had a pretty phenomenal weekend last weekend, if I understand right. We took some folks, and they caught some fish. Yeah, we caught, though. Well, they caught. Yeah, we didn't catch any. We let them catch we them. We don't catch them, but they they were over 600 pounds in one day and a couple of hundred at least. Lord, I don't know. That one day, though, the average fish was 40, 45 pounds, and the biggest one was 50, 51. 51 pounds. So 40 pounds of fish per fish 600 pounds a day that's crazy but let's not get ahead of ourselves i have to know where did this all start i mean you guys stick your arms into boxes to get bit obviously anybody who's listening knows that over the last i don't know decade noodling has become quite popular and now we have a father daughter combo here with us today where did this start? Where did it begin with you guys? Because you go on your social media stuff. You obviously have made a big splash in the world of noodling and the world of social media. And you've created some great content and a great following. But where did it all start with you guys? How in the world did you get into this? Well, we started, we've been like hunting and fishing and all that for our whole lives, especially daddy he's been doing it since he was old enough to walk and tote a gun and all but we didn't start noodling until about what seven eight years ago i cut a bunch of logs i got a sawmill and i cut a bunch of logs for the, the local game warden that had just moved from shelby county down to uh to here and uh to crenshaw where we're at he was so he had done it before, and, and of course, him being game warden, I didn't charge him to cut the lumber, so, you know, we become friends. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, you got to politic a little bit, you know what I'm That's saying? right. Like, uh, we became friends, and he asked me one day, he said, man, you want to go noodling? And I said, man, I don't even, you know, I thought they were talking about, you know, the, the pool noodling kind of stuff, you know, and, and he said, no, I mean, really noodling. I said, Yeah. Yeah, we went, and the first fish we ever saw somebody come out of the water with was, what, like a 70-pound blue cat? Oh, it was a monster. Good but gracious. the dude didn't hold on to it. Only had one hand on it, and he twisted and, and tore out. So all we saw really was the fish's head. No, we hadn't even got out of the water. I mean, out of the boat yet and into the water. Took all the hide off the top of the dude's hand and left here. He got beat up pretty good, and I'm thinking, man, give me a little – mud cat or something i don't need all that <laughs> but by the end of the day See, your, your first fish experience is exactly why i will not be doing this anytime <laughs> in the near future it won't happen brian we're gonna get you out there, it brother. will not happen <laughs> sorry keep going yeah, keep well, going keep going it wasn't, it wasn't that bad i mean we we did it i guess oh, by the end of the day we were we were hooked and have been wide open ever since Oh, Hannah, Hannah made a video of one. Back in June of 2016, I made a video catching about a 
30 pound flathead and that's when everything really blew up because that video went viral got about 25 million views on facebook and i didn't share it around or anything just people saw it and shared it after that that's when people started to you know noodle and actually became started becoming big because before that the only way people had heard of it was that show he'll be the hand fishing and the few people that actually did but People you know, didn't really know what noodling was. Well, they would stick. They had the pipe with the hooks. That's the way they were doing it. Before. You know, it was it was like that. <laughs> well, and you know, it's funny. I, I was looking through, I was looking through Instagram actually yesterday, and just scrolling through, and I was seeing all these people holding these fish that they had noodled. Two years ago, you didn't see that. Three, no, because it wasn't a thing until it, until you really Anna and Jeff. I mean you guys kind of have made the sport it was there already some people knew about it and some people did it but i think that that you guys created the the craze i guess you would say uh yeah we brought awareness to the sport and kind of made it a thing that's right absolutely and i wish y'all would slow down because now when i go to logan martin or wherever I go, noodling, it's it's like somebody's been and everybody's trying to do it now. So everybody's fishing your holes out before you get there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the worst part of all of this. Is now everybody's noodling, and it's hard to find any fish Who anymore. Ever thought so? It's been a it's been a problem, and I've been a uh, competitive fisherman for a decade and a half, and there's always the problem of someone fishing your hole. But who would have ever thought? <laughs> would have had that that statement would have ever been made somebody fished my whole noodling man someone done been here today that's right but that's that's amazing how big it has gotten so tell me do you you guys do you do you go all over the state uh, or do you kind of have a go-to body of water like where is the shore everywhere everywhere all over where's the go-to tell me your secret spot not really but for real Tell me yeah, we can't do that, man. I promise you we so, can't do that. Oh, okay. I, I All right. So help, help, you know, it's fresh, Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, trying to just help people give some tangible, you know, information. Is it better to pursue uh, catfish noodling, you know, in a river system like the Alabama River or, you know, the Tom Bigby or more of these reservoirs like Logan? Yeah, reservoir, definitely. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely reservoir. The Alabama River, we hadn't had any luck on it for some reason. We're not catching enough. We're just the the boxes don't seem to work there, or, and there's not enough boat ramps to really fish it much. I mean, you can catch a few, but you're not going to do very much. Or you know, boat ramps is is what most of the people are hitting now. So you know, that's where the fish are going to be is under these boat ramps. Oh no, and then most of that's going to be on the you know on the Coosa River. You know, some of those reservoirs, you know, Mitchell and and Lay and stuff like that, but the way we're having to do it now, we're just building our own, you know, our own boxes. So the fish, you know, we don't have to fish behind anybody unless they find them. Yeah. And yeah, there are people that's going to, that's going to fish your boxes if they find them. That's just, mm-hmm. it's sad, but it's so there's people that actually do that. To me, that's like, oh, that's like me checking your trot line. You know, it's, it's, it's just not right, you know, but people do it, you know, they don't think anything about it. Yeah. Well, and and I just uh, under under your guidance and of how to build the boxes, I built eight or ten of them and put out over the last you know four or five days. And you know one of the questions I had for you is 
when I'm putting these boxes out, there's 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 tons of different these these are big reservoirs. These are big bodies of water, and I can stay close to the main channel and put them out, or I can go in the very back of these sloughs, closer to the grass and grass beds, and maybe away from the main channel and away from the people and put them out. When you're looking for an area to put a box out, is it are you trying to get it closer to the deeper water, or are you going to the back? You, I mean, really, we've done both, and we've caught fish out of both, and we've not caught fish out of both. But the only thing with boxes is they're going to get in boat ramps better than they get in boxes. Yeah, because like a, a boat ramp's going to be more natural to them, like a rock ledge or something like that. So they're going to be more accustomed to using something like that than they would a box. But uh, as far as the water depth, we really we've got some places that we fish that you might walk, you know, a hundred yards, and it might be waist deep. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the, the box itself may be 150 yards off the bank. You just don't know. And then you might have a place where you've got a box that's so uh, you've got a hundred yard flat that's that's three or four feet deep. You put a box and it drops off to 30. Just right there at the box, it dr- starts dropping off. Mm-hmm. Don't fish in both. You really don't know, I guess, when these fish get ready to bed, they're just looking for a hole that's not, you know, already occupied. That's what they're doing. So they they got to, you know... I'm pretty sure they're probably on a time frame where, you know, we got to do this. And, and, and if there's a smaller fish in the hole, I know that they'll, those bigger fish will go in there and blow those smaller ones out and, and do their business. You know, they just push them out. But, uh, well, well, based off what you just said, and look, I, I, I will be the first to say I'm pretty ignorant. So this is really just something you do during the spawn for the catfish this is right. not something yeah. right. year round okay and that's and, why we, t- we we release most of the fish i mean almost every one of them if we do keep something it'll be a male more than likely or or something that's that we may have possibly injured you know accidentally while catching it or whatever you know which is very rare but it you know it does happen so Kind of like bass, pretty territorial when it comes to their bed, so they're going to want to be isolated and by themselves. Or do you guys? Yeah. Would you guys put out a, several boxes in one area because it seems to be a, a high trafficked area? How, how does the setup there go? Most part, there we're putting them. We're probably putting them a half to a quarter apart. Uh, we've got some places that we put three or four in one spot, just you know, experimenting with it, and mm-hmm. we're only catching one fish out of one of the boxes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's just that's just normally the way it is. It's just like uh, it's like hunting big deer. You don't have a whole lot of big deer in one area. You know, I think it's so. Uh, you know, they're sort of spread out over that you know huge body of water. So we sort of you know spread it out to increase our odds of catching a big one. You know, because I do think they are. Somewhat territorial, you know, especially maybe this time of the year. I know the males are so. Well, now, how long will you leave a box out? And if it doesn't, ha- if it doesn't produce, how long will you give it to produce before you relocate it? I won't. Uh, we never have relocated. They're too of, aggravating to try to pull up out of the water. You know, when you put that nasty thing in the boat, man, I just soon build a new one, you know. Yeah. But I'll keep checking that one. I mean, we'll keep checking it even though it hadn't produced. Have we ever had anyone go a year or two? And then I can't remember, but I'm sure we have. You know, that, that produces eventually something will find it. You know, the fish will go in it and they'll blow it out and uh, and then just stop. And, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know, uh, you know, change, just change up and go somewhere else with it. But, you know, what, well, I never have figured that out either, you know, because when you come up to one of them, you can tell that the male's been on the outside 
ramping around the outside of the box because it'll just it'll they have a cavern. They'll almost they'll bury the box. Mm. Want to hand? I mean, they'll bury. Yeah. It. That's so, crazy. And some of them just leave, and it's like you know she didn't like it, so she left. You know, I don't know. Does the male will the male go in ahead of the female and kind of start preparing it, and then the female come in? I caught a fish, and I and and it was obviously a male. I mean, it just it was it was a smaller fish. It was thinner. I felt like it was a male anyway, and there wasn't a female in the hole. She had already come and laid, or somebody had yeah, caught her. The, one of the two. The males come in first, and like you said, prepare the place. Then the females come in, lay their eggs, all that, and the male stays after she leaves and protects the eggs. I got gotcha. you. They just do come like, in first. Just Nailed. like in bass. The man does all the work. That's right. I reckon so. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Brent, you get me in trouble with Brenda. Be uh-huh. careful. Well, Hannah, tell us about you caught your personal best this year, Blue Cat. And if you guys have not been on Hannah's YouTube mm-hmm. page, I would uh, urge you to, to go look and, and follow her on, on YouTube as well. Because the, and the video Dad, is, and Daz, that's right. Jeff's got one now too. So go follow Hannah and Jeff both on on YouTube and and Instagram and Facebook. But that was a pretty phenomenal video. Tell us about that fish and and you were you weren't in Alabama on that fish, correct? I was. I'm just not gonna say where. Oh, that's right. On the what? What? How much did it weigh? Sixty one pounds. My goodness, alive! How much do you weigh? uh 117 holy cow so you're wrestling a fish that is basically half your body weight and probably and bites really hard yeah yeah, they do bite hard tell us about it tell us about the you know tell us where but the approach what happened did you know it was about to go down help the listeners kind of visualize catching a 60 pound fish with your hands tell tell us the Especially story being a blue cat because last year we caught a 67 pound flathead but she didn't bite nothing like you know the 61 pound blue cat blue cats are just they're they bite harder they're meaner everything yeah they don't bite any harder they just bite yeah they're all harder. super strong when you're fighting them but the, the blue just they're like a pit bull they just yeah bite yeah my arm i had on a wetsuit because it was about 50 three degrees when we got there that morning and just cold it's the only fish we found that day we knew it was going to be a good size blue i didn't know how big blue cat's mouths are smaller too so they'll kind of fool you i went i got bit or i went down probably four times of getting bit before i actually could grab her because every time she bit me she'd swallow me up to my wrist and just shake like a bulldog and beat me up against the darn box and stuff (laughs) and i thought she was about 40 pounds because it's hard to tell, you know, it's dark down there and can't see nothing, just trying to base it off the size of her mouth, which, like I said, she was biting me up my wrist, so I just know she was clamping down on me a good bit. And, yeah, she finally bit down one time, and I had her on my thumb for long enough to try to get my left hand around to grab her gill plate and start bringing her out of the hole. I got my arm in her a little ways, and she whirled while I was bringing her out of the hole, and was upside down so i wrapped my legs and everything else around her until i could get my arm between her gill and her gill plate to hold on to her bottom jaw and that it, was it it was impressive i mean when you came up on that video i mean you had it bear hugged your legs wrapped around it 
I mean, it oh, was yeah. uh, the fight was on. It was an awesome video. And uh, I, I'm going to tell you guys, I, I think probably the biggest I've caught is, is 35 pounds. It's probably the biggest one I've caught. And, you know, I want to catch a 60, but there's a part of me that, that, I mean, I'm happy with 35, 60. Oh, yeah. People don't understand that haven't done this, the power of a 30-pound fish. People and, don't understand how easy it would be to get your arm broke doing it. What it, people don't it, understand, this is what people don't understand. Tell me, Jeff, people talk to think me. They're catching, they, they think they're catching 30 and 40-pound, 50-pound fish. I've seen people say, man, I got a 50-pound fish. Man, you got a 20-pound fish. We uh, made that video on it, you remember? Yeah, yeah, because you, yeah, you made fun of me in it, so I remember. On it. I did. I, I put your name in there. Sorry. You called me out on it because I, I did. I, I was looking at this fish, and I'm like, that fish has got to be 30 pounds. And you're like, no. It's because it takes a lot of fish. It's a lot of meat there to do to make 30, 40-pound fish. It's and it's deceiving. I mean, it was to us, too. We yeah, just I mean, looked at so that got many. Yeah, we did it, too, when we first started. So, man, it's huge fish. You know, and you weigh it and think, well, yes. 25 30 pounds and, and uh, uh, yeah. it's just hard to and, until you put a set of scales on it when you're now i can look at one and i can get within a pound or two every time blue yeah. or flathead i can i can come really close but you know before you scale it but we still put the scales on every one of them just to know you know just to know for sure because that one she caught last year up in illinois it was 70 something on one scale and God. 60-something on another. Yeah, it was 60, just, it was 61 on one scale, I think, and 76 on the other. Yeah, so we just split the difference and, you know, went in the middle with it, uh, not really knowing exactly what, what the fish weighed, so it may have been 76 or whatever. Just, it don't matter. It was big. It was big. It was big. Well, and another and, thing people don't understand is how they gum hard those blue cats bite. It is seriously like sticking your arm in a car door and slamming it. Yeah. And trying yeah, to drag it. it out. Well, and yeah, I've seen feet. your I, I've seen your your arm at the at the end of noodle season, and and uh, it's it's scarred up pretty bad. I mean, even when 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 you guys took us and and somehow taught my wife into doing this, I think they're there could have, there may or may or not have been a, a, a mid-culture or two involved in that, but that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole different show. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Even, and it wasn't even a big fish and it still scarred her hand up a little bit. And, uh, and of course I've, I've had it, but you're, you're right. People on that haven't done it. Don't understand the power of their, their jaws and, and, and what it'll do to your hand. And, and of course you, you wear gloves, oh, yeah. but even with gloves on, it's still, it's still a scratch. It still goes through the gloves. I got a spot on my hand from that 61. I'll tell you what all them boys that taught us, you know, that taught us how to do it. They don't want no blue cat. No. They've been bit up enough. They don't want no part of them because they've been they've been they've been bit up enough sticking their hands in them water heaters and stuff. Like they don't even. One dude still them. having surgeries on his hand trying to get it back right. Yeah, you, just, you get a hold of the right fish and that's it. Yeah, you get. Let me tell you something. I've had my feet stuck in their mouth and cannot get my foot out of his mouth. I mean, cannot. I have to go down and get the get the fish and pry his jaws open. And get him off my foot because I cannot pull my foot. I got my foot on top of his head and can't pull my foot out of his mouth. My feet look like hammered <laughs> after that Illinois stuff, man. That's well, them, 
you see the feet in the hole and they just swallow both of them. Good yeah. gracious. Well, and that's one thing that, that, that I'll say, and I'm, and I'm so glad that, that I started doing this with you guys because Jeff, you're, you're so good at, at making sure everybody is safe when they're doing this. And, uh, there is some danger involved in it. And, and, you know, I mean, we've had times where, uh, I remember one hole that was way out over, over my head was having to dive down to, and, and we actually tied a rope around me. And so that you could pull me back. Cause if you don't have your feet on the ground and you get one of these fish out of the hole, he, he may just swim off with you. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's hard to swim with a 40, 50 pound fish. You know, him fighting you the whole time. So you, we've got a, a place, you know, at our local lake that we, uh, we have to tie a rope to me and I won't let Hannah do it. But, oh. That 67 I caught last year was over my head and we had a rope tied around my place. It makes it a lot more difficult. But now, if you can push off the bottom, I mean, you can make it. You know what I mean? You can get up, get another breath of air before you go back down, you know, if you've got that fish. But, you know, you just never know. You know, it don't hurt to have that rope because if, if, if something did, you know, collapse or, you know, never know. I mean, yeah. you know, hook the, hook the boat up to the rope and y'all start gassing on it in about two minutes because, you know, I'm, I'm going to be in a little need of some air in about a couple of minutes. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. The Hunting Exchange. In this day and age, we all know it's a struggle to sell hunting equipment on large social media platforms. And that's where the Hunting Exchange steps in. Hunting Exchange is an app for iOS and Android that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear. Whether you're looking to sell your bow, broadheads, technical apparel, stands, saddles, or anything in between, this secure platform allows you to buy and sell gear with confidence. As a buyer, each dollar you spend is insured by PayPal, and as a seller, there are no hidden charges like other platforms, and listing items are also free. Gone are the days of having listings removed from Facebook and worrying about being banned and removed from groups for wanting to sell something as simple as your bow or a knife. So head on over to the App Store or Google Play and experience a new hassle-free way to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the Hunting Exchange app today. And brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas are pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent, highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but more importantly, where not to go. The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that professional captains all over the Gulf make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at hiltonsoffshore.com. Well, guys, don't worry. I am still here, but I, it was the power of technology. I've been over here just mesmerized. I'm actually watching uh, the video of the fish you guys are talking about. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Again, noodling is something that I've always been infatuated with, but uh, I guess not man enough to actually do because <laughs> I guess thinking, and I've done some pretty crazy stuff in my life. I got to figure out how to get past that first bite, right? The first time the fish yeah. snaps down on yeah. my hand or my arm. That's what I got to get through in my head. Like, uh, I just don't see, even that's have why to. You do it, though. That's why yeah, you do that's, it. That's, yeah, that's why you do it. I mean, you're going to be chasing that feeling. You'll be chasing that feeling, that adrenaline rush the, 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 from now on. 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, you can't get enough of that. That's and that's what, part of the that's, fun for for me now. For, for you, Jeff, yeah. I know, is is watching people do it for their first time because, you know, I remember we had old big Jason Fox, a big NFL football player, came down with us, and we're standing there at the edge of the hole, and we done found the fish. We know he's in the box, and you're sitting there coaching him like, all right, Jason, now you're going to get you a big breath. He's like, all right, all right. You go down, stick your arm in the hole, all right, all right, and then the fish is going to bite you. And he's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Well, you may – and you're trying to process in your mind – and you just have to experience it. I agree. That's what I've tried to process in my mind. What do you mean he's going to bite me? Like, because I'm a guy who's like, I'm a planner, right? Like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a measure twice, cut once kind of guy. You know, when I'm fishing tournaments, I'm, I'm, it's all about preparation and risk versus reward, and you know, what's the odds if I go do this versus that? And so here I am trying to calculate in my head what is the, what is the actual return on that bite? You know, and that's just that formula, that crazy formula in my head, just had I hadn't got the answer yet. Addiction. That's the answer. Addiction. Uh, you just trying to do it, dude. You got to come with us one time, try it, and then you'll see what we're talking about. I used to do promotions on a, a catfish tournament trail, and I actually I grew up in the Shoals, which is on you know Pickwick, and I so happened to work my way back there. And you know I grew up fishing below the dam and catching some catfish, but I was doing promotion on catfish tournament. I'll never forget these dudes. I'm a bass guy. I'm thinking, you know, twenty pound days, like yeah, awesome. These dudes are bringing in three four five hundred pounds worth of catfish and that's the first time i was really exposed to these huge 30 40 50 pound cat and these guys not noodling they were catching them with hooks but catching multiple fish a day that were 40 50 pounds just i mean they look like dinosaurs when they they would bring them up to the scales you know and weigh they would weigh them in these huge you know water tanks my mind's like me putting my hand in one of those fish's mouth and, and jerking them out a hole like, like Hannah just did in this video I just watched while you guys are chatting. Pretty impressive. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's a, it's an amazing – and I, I can see it. I can see the addiction there of the, the, re, the wrestling of a, uh, you know, a prehistoric animal, you know, basically is what it is. And so that's pretty amazing, guys. And so, so here we are. It sounds like based off what you guys are saying – we're in it, right? We're in it. we're in it. And how how long do we have? How long does this does this spawning season last? Where you have an opportunity to uh, catch these fish in these boxes? It mostly depends on the, the water temperature, you know, the weather, all that. Usually starts dying out July around yeah. the first week or so of July. Just yeah, like I said, depending on further up north, it'll still be going. So. Yeah, depending on temperature. Water temperature, cause that's what makes We've fish bed. We've had a strange spring. You know, it started out warm, and then it, it got cold again, and it, it sort of backed them up. So it's possible that it could go on a little bit longer because right now we're just now starting to catch flatheads. You know, blue's always bed, you know, when it's so in cooler temperatures. So yeah, now we're just getting into flathead season. So it's, it's uh, and still catching a few blues, too. So oh, it might go on into... Uh, you know, the middle or the end of July here in, you know, in Alabama. Well, we don't know that. I don't know, but most of the time after after the flathead, then you'll start getting the smaller blues. You know, mm-hmm. the, you'll get the smaller fish. For some reason, they come in last, the smaller blue cat. So, yeah. Well, well I, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge outdoorsman. I love to, to hunt and fish. And, uh, you know, as the listeners know, I actually own a feed company. 
and I basically spend year round in the outdoors and and that's really why I love fishing even the most of all because like I love duck hunting, but the worst thing about duck hunting is it, it just it's so short. And same thing with turkey season. So that's why I think my heart's in fishing where I can do it anytime, any place, year round. What do you guys do? I mean, you've got like two months of just awesomeness. What do you do after that? What do you what do you do? Oh, noodling's not even our favorite thing to do. Uh-oh. Deer hunting. Deer, deer hunting is our favorite. Uh, oh. Chasing the old head. So deer hunting. and catfish are kind of equal. Yeah, we, we, we'll, go to, we'll go to the bay and start shooting stingrays after noodling. So. Yeah, yeah, and uh, then we'll hunt hogs. Fun. Yeah, we got we trap hogs and, and hunt hogs. So we got... We got plenty of stuff to do. Yeah, nice. we got... Well, and we're going to uh, we're going to Canada this year too. This we're gonna try to get up there and and uh, hunt some elk and mule deer. You gonna kill a mule deer? Try to kill a mule deer. Try to. And Hannah, you so, killed uh you killed quite a elk last year. What did things go? Three seventy. Absolute monster. Yeah. I mean, you you had an yeah, incredible cool. last year. All your year last year was a, a year of a lifetime. I mean, you, you got to do a lot of cool stuff and, and kill a lot of big animals. So I, I want to just switch gears really quick. I, I've already taken a lot of your guys' time, and I appreciate it. But I just want to switch to the social media side of this. And this is that, – that first video went viral, and then you've obviously grown since then a good bit. And, guys, if, if, if you're not aware, I, I think that now, Hannah, that you have more followers and a bigger following than I know any other female in the outdoor industry. Other and, than, like, Sarah Bomar and – yeah, but you're, I mean, what are you up to on Instagram now? 667,000. That's a lot of people, guys. And, um, yeah, so that's a pile of folks right there. There ain't no doubt. That's a pile yeah. of folks. And, and so you've, yeah. you've basically, I mean, you're, you're doing this now. Uh, this is, this is what you do. And, and so congratulations on that. And I know you're doing really well at it. Uh, how Thank do you. you, with big social media presence, and, 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 and I don't have a big, you know, I got 70,000 on, on, on the, on the, you do outdoors. And I posted a picture of, of this great kid. I mean, this is one of the most polite young men I've ever been in a boat with. And I posted a picture yesterday and, you know, one of the first comments I've got is, you know, that's not a sport. That's cruel. Why can't you just play tennis or do something different? And I'm like, you have to deal with that on a scale that is massive. Every day, and it, it used to bother me, and I used to actually respond to all these people, but I don't anymore. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I really don't have the time or the energy to try to respond to all the hate. And I don't read them. Yeah, you do, because you tell me about them. No, I don't read yours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I might read mine, but I don't read yours, but I don't have but, what, 87,000 followers. But if I read hers, I would just – I can read a couple of them and, you know – it, it, people are people are cruel. I'm people are cruel. cruel. Yeah, I just don't get it. I don't understand. I guess it was a raisin or whatever. I don't know why they got to be that negative. But it's not like we're you know anything that we're doing. We're not you know, taking advantage of wildlife. We're not you know we're conserving. If anything, the hogs that we kill, we got a lot of hate on that. People say you know how can you eat that many? Well, we don't eat that many, but we got people that do. You know. Oh yeah, you know we got a freezer. We keep our freezers full of hogs, and and uh, we keep our you know, family's freezers and our neighbors' freezers and our yeah. 
and everybody's freezer's full of meat. Yeah, Alabama's not supposed to have wild hogs. So I mean, I don't understand why you know it's it's a problem for us to catch a hundred or two hundred hogs a year. I don't see what uh, I think we're helping. You know, I know we're helping. So yeah, we're helping out the deer and the turkey and the squirrels and the rabbits and the stuff that's supposed to be here, not. Not the wild hogs and, you know, working on the farmer's peanuts down here in the south. I mean, in the corn crops. And it's just, it's a mess. But we got to deal with people that can't stand it, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, man, it has been awesome kind of hearing your narrative of of this uh, almost in a way. Some people may call it redneck. I I, I see. It's majestic to me. Right. The pursuit yeah. of, of of catching these Both. massive fish. Yeah, that, that's a it's, word. It's you a, just used a word on Jeff Barron that he's never had used on him before. Majestic. I don't hear majestic. I don't even dream about majestic. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it, the redneck, though, I can relate to. Redneck majestic. Maybe that's the name of a new show, guys. New show, redneck majestic. Uh, but you guys spend a lot of time uh producing content so tell the listeners you know how can they they find you guys enjoy the con the content that you create throughout the year not only in noodling but it sounds like you know year round with just the love of of the pursuit of wild animals and and experiencing uh, god's great creation and 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 so tell us tell it tell our listeners how, how they can follow you guys and how they can check out some of your footage and, and just kind of enjoy what you're doing yeah, Instagram is Hannah Barron ninety six and Jeff Barron seventy. YouTube, one of them is Hannah Barron, and other is Jeff Barron. Any other channels are fake on YouTube because there's already a few fake YouTube channels, and it makes me ill. Um, Facebook, Hannah Barron Outdoors, and Jeff Barron the same. And you can find us on You Do Outdoors at Hannah Barron ninety six and Jeff Barron seventy. That's it. And thank you for being on there, guys. And uh, you know you ain't getting no hate on there. Nobody's attacking you on, on that site for sure. And this segment is actually brought to you by You Do Outdoors. So, guys, if you have not been on You Do, if you haven't checked it out yet, you can go to the website, www.youdooutdoors.com, or even better, you can download it on uh, the App Store, Google Play, it's a free app, and it's social media for us, for people that love the outdoors, for people that support what others are doing in the outdoors. You won't find any hate on there. So if you haven't been on there yet, download it and go check it out. Hannah and Jeff will be on there and uh, and a lot of other great people as well. So we appreciate you guys being on. And, and man, as always, just as a pleasure anytime I'm around y'all. And we'll look forward to seeing you soon, guys. Y'all be safe. Y'all too. Oh, yeah. We appreciate it, y'all. Take care, Stephen. Nice meeting you, dude. We're going to get you out there and get you bit too now before it's over. I got to, uh, I don't know. Um, still dreaming about what it's it, going to happen. It's going to happen. Trust me, it's going to happen <laughs> sooner than later. I mean, I, I guess. I, I like a good roughed up thumb from catching a hundred fish a day. So maybe a, it ain't gonna table one to rough it up this time. Maybe a roughed up hand from catching one big one. I, I can, I can, uh, I'll muster it up one day. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, y'all take day, care, guys. man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. See ya. All right, guys. Great segment. Let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. Fishing Chaos invites all high school and college and social fishing teams to create a free team or club on the Fishing Chaos platform. 
Clubs can hold tournaments within the high school team or invite rival clubs and teams to compete in CPR, which is catch photo release events, as well as live weigh-in events, as Fishing Chaos supports most any tournament format. The addition of the new Fishing Chaos Club Management Platform allows teams and clubs to easily communicate with their members about upcoming events. It automates the tracking of Angler of the Year or Team of the Year series standings and collects all angler results. If you're interested in setting up a free team or club or in hosting a tournament on the Fishing Chaos app, please contact fishingchaos.com or call Jesse Wilson at 256-508-1853. And brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And brought to you by Photonist Defense. Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonist 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. We have got an incredible producer, Johnny Gwynn. He has stepped up. He has put together some awesome clips from our past episodes, and I'm excited about it. I hope you guys enjoy it. Johnny, we appreciate what you do for us behind the scenes, brother. You make it happen. And uh, so without further ado, let's get to it. Man, I've been looking forward to having this guy back on. He's uh hasn't been on here in a while, but loved having him on his first time. Really unique what this guy does. I don't know of many people that do it. And let's get right to it. Brian Barton, how are you, sir? I am wonderful. How are you today? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm I'm here. I'm well. And so uh so that's all a good thing. Exactly. Let's talk about what you're doing. You're a catfishing guy. I mean, and and you do this a different way. I mean, I, I, I love to noodle these catfish and I grew up jug fishing on the Tong Bibby river and the black warrior, but you do something a little different. Well, I do. I, uh, you know, like we talked about before, the trolling is really the, the big thing that I do the most of up here. Just basically putting a drop line, a hundred, 150 feet behind the boat, floating the bait about 18 inches off the bottom and just, and just dragging point three to, 0.7 mile per hour, you know, depending on the fish. If they're biting good, you can go a little faster. If they're slower, you go a little slower. Uh, and something I had a lot of luck with this spring, I didn't get to fish a whole lot, but I actually found that they were so bite shy this spring, I was catching fish in 70 and 80 feet of water on Wilson Lake, uh, weightless, basically just putting about a two or three ounce uh, chunk of cut skipjack on there with a 10 alt circle hook and slinging it far as I can, and it took it 10 minutes to get to the bottom. <laughs> uh, I've always done that, but this year actually 
produce better than ever. So, yeah, I'm just one of those guys. I, I like to think outside the box. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But um, it's it's an alternative way to catch fish anyway, you know. Well, it's a definitely outside the box thing from what we think about when we when we think about catfishing and uh, it's trolling with live bait. And, and I'm trying to picture this, you know, in, in my mind and get a, get a better understanding on it. But what kind of depth are you normally at like this time of year? Uh, this time of the year, 45 to 60 feet. Uh, and that is if we don't get a thermocline, if Wilson forms, forms a thermocline, which it will a lot of times at 40 feet, that tends to be the level it forms every year then you pretty much got to go to less than 40 feet of water. Right now, we don't have it. We've had a cool, like I said, the summer's hot, talking about 90-degree temperatures, but the water temperature Tuesday was only 82 degrees, which is really not blazing hot for this time of year. So we haven't had a thermocline form. So now you could catch them all the way down to 70, 75 feet or deeper. Wow. And so you, I'm assuming, obviously, you've got your, you know, you've got your weight, you're like, you know, 100 150 foot behind the boat so you got your weight on the bottom then you've how is it rigged i mean to keep that bait off you said you like it about 18 inches off the bottom okay oh uh, if you can visualize we all know probably what a three-way swivel is that's been around forever for typical catfishing we now use what we call a t-swivel or that's what i call it instead of a three-way where they're all in the same triangular pattern you have an eyelet on top, and then you have two, the other two are on a vertical line. So you tie the one that's on top to your main line, which you go back to your rod. And then on the other two, you would have your weight on one. And I use about an 8 to 10-inch dropper of line, just enough to have really enough room to tie the weight to the swivel. And then on the other one, I tie a 3- to 4-foot piece of line, which would have the hook on it. And then above that hook, I'm sliding a cork about a foot to 18 inches above it. And if you can visualize it, when you're dragging through the water, obviously the weight stays on the bottom. So your swivel staying 8 to 10 inches off the bottom, whatever that length is. And then that float is keeping that bait up off the bottom anywhere from, you know, depending on how fast you're going from maybe 18 inches to two feet off the bottom. So you've got two things going on. You've got the weight coming through the substrate making an audible sound is stirring up mud like a crawfish or something might do scooting on the bottom, but yet your bait is hanging up in the air where a fish can get a good eyeball on it if he's using vision, or more importantly with catfish, he can smell it, but it's not down there dragging in the mud. It's suspended in the water column above his head. That is so Plus cool. Plus you have the float, a bright red float, which I am firm believer of. A lot of people think red hooks and red is a gimmick in the catfish world. It's absolutely not. Uh, I've been using the Daiichi bleeding bait hooks for years. So I started getting those from TJ Stallings years ago. And my catch ratio just on like live bait fishing with smallmouth, when I would use those hooks just because I had them available, it went up, I think, 50, 60% or better. So there's definitely something to the color and red with catfish, especially, whether it be blood or, you know, whatever the reason. But when you put that red float up there, now you've got in a clear water lake like Wilson, you still have a visual, especially if you're in, you know, 30, 40 feet of water or something like that, where it's shallow enough, they've got good light. Right. You know, I just think about the light, you know, shiner down there, live bait, what a shad, whatever you got on there. Is it mainly catfish you're going to catch or do you catch stripe? large mouth or whatever happens to be hungry or is it predominantly targeted i guess you're catfishing so it must be 
Right. Well, in that depth of water, it's pretty much going to be a catfish. Now, if you get in the spring, which we don't do a lot of the live bait pulling in the spring, but if you do, you start getting in the 15, 20, 25 feet on some of the flats. Oh, yeah, I've caught five and six pound largemouth many a times doing it. Whatever's there is going to bite that shad. But typically the the deeper water we fish, the catfish is pretty much all you have inhabiting that kind of depth. Most that of makes time. sense. I didn't even think about that. That makes total sense. Do you typically see a different size uh, catfish in the deeper water than in the shad? I mean, is this where your big catfish are? It is where they're at, but, you know, you can take your sonar and you can, you know, actually see bigger fish and distinguish bigger fish. But in my experience doing this nearly 30 years now, the bait is the only thing that's going to determine the size of the fish you catch. I can troll over a school of fish out there on a ledge. And if I cut the bait the size of a quarter, I'm going to catch a prior size, a one to two pound fish. If I've got a piece on there big as my hand or a big shad, a live shad, then you're going to catch a bigger fish. But point being, they don't, in my opinion, I have not seen that they school just by size. They school just because they want to be there for the structure, the food, whatever the reason. But now to answer your question about big fish, the majority of the big fish that I have caught have been in 50 feet of water or deeper. So yes, they probably do prefer the deeper water most of the time. So on, on, on any given day, I mean, your expectation, I mean, I know you're catching a lot of fish, but what size fish do you consider good fish out there? I mean, do you catch 30 pound fish, 20? I mean, what are, what are we talking? Well, and my definition is good fish is just what you said, 25 to 30 pounds. Uh, I consider anything over 70 pounds, 60, really 60 to 70 pound trophy. Now, you sure. talk to someone that fishes the catfish trails and they travel all over the country, you know, they may not, they may view it more like 90 or 100. But for the average person, uh, a lot of the clientele I get, I would say a 30 pound fish is the biggest fish that 70 to 80% of them have ever caught in their life. Or, so, or you know, seen. It That's exactly right. Yeah, or seen. Right. But Man, so, people uh, don't I've realize heard, a, a lot. And I found this through Newland. You'll take people Newland with you and we'll pull a, we'll pull a 20 pound cat out of a hole. And, and they'll look at it and go, man, that's got to be 35, 40 pounds. And you put it on yeah. the scales and you're like, man, that's 22 pounds. It's a, it takes a lot of fish to be 40, 50, 60 pounds. That's a lot of fish. It does. It does. And, uh, and, and those are not, I'm not going to say they're rare. We don't catch those every trip, but I do, I do pretty much tell people they can expect. And I think if you talk to my client list through history would agree uh, we pretty much always average at least one thirty pounder or better from during the prime time. So this time of year, all bets are off. But September, October, during the late spring, that's very common. And I have had days that we have caught, you know, as many as eight fish over thirty pounds in one day. It happens. It's just they don't happen every day, unfortunately, you know. Sure. But uh but yeah, thirty pounders are very realistic. And I would say in the fall, this coming up season uh, 15 September through early November, it's 50-50 that you're going to get a 50-pound fish or better on every trip. Man, that's awesome. Hey, that's a, that'd be a lot of fun right there. I need to come do this with you. <laughs> you do. You need to come up and uh, so you can understand the, the principle because if you've never seen it done, it's really kind of hard to visualize that as a catfishing method, you know. Right. All right, guys, let's take just a couple of minutes and hear from one of our sponsors. One in four hooks in the world is made by Mustad Fishing. 
MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King built in the pursuit of perfection and brought to you by killer dock most fishermen clean their fish on something like an unsightly old wooden table or the top of a cooler somewhere that is not comfortable not sanitary and not attractive killer dock makes the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind they are built from marine grade aluminum and ceramic coated to protect it from the harsh salt environment Killer Dock makes tables and canopies at several different sizes. So whatever you need on your dock, deck, or patio, they have fish cleaning stations for you. Check out KillerDock.com to see more. That is going to be a wrap for the show today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a minute, subscribe, rate, and write us a review wherever you listen. And if you'd like us to email you the podcast, Hey, we'd love to do that, guys. All you have to do is text the word fishing. Text the word fishing to 314-665-1767. And we will email you the show when they come out each and every week. And you can listen to it on the way to your favorite lake. Stay safe out there, guys. Look forward to talking to y'all again soon. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona at 205-288-1371 or just look them up, southeasternpondmanagement.com and give Norman a call. And brought to you by... LM Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoons, as well as bigger bay and hybrid boats for the hardcore angler. Go visit them at 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And by United Bank. United Bank supports our farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness. United Bank is building stronger communities every day. All loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. All loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. And brought to you by North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight picturesque lakes. Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. And brought to you by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs as well as motor sales and services, and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at BucksIslands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588.